You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. We are back with another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. Now, this one was actually um, recorded probably a month and a half ago. I'm just getting around to editing it and putting it out. But it is a great podcast with Mr. Christian Morgan. He's over there in the UK, originally from Australia. Dude travels around, has an amazing story. But uh, the reason we interviewed him is because he did the Appalachian Trail. He was going for the fastest known time, and he beat Scott Jurek's uh, time by two days. (laughs) So he's a beast of a runner. He didn't get the FKT at the time, but he did it in 44 days, four hours, and 54 minutes minutes. Man, we had a great talk about all the things that he's up to and and the things that he's he's running and wanting to run and uh, you're going to find this really interesting. He's an interesting guy. Before we get started real quick though, uh, I want you to check out if you heard the last episode, uh interviewed the founder of Long Run Coffee. Um Thomas was a great interview, had a good time talking with him and getting to know him and talking about coffee with electrolytes infused in the coffee. So you can check it out by going to coffee.runtheriot.run and uh, there's a Run the Riot blend, man. You can get the the dark roast, the light roast, you can get a different roast and it's going to have a Run the Riot sticker on it. It's 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 the roast I like. So, so check it out. Go to coffee.runtheriot.run. Also, we're brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. Man, I had the privilege. uh, I'm going to have to get her on the podcast. My daughter, uh, I had her, um, I coached her, and she ran her first 50K. Uh, She's 30 years old, has my grandbaby and everything, and in the middle of being a mommy and everything, she ran her first ultra marathon. It was awesome. It was hot, but man, she pushed through, and she crushed it. I was I was so proud of her. And that was the Outlaw Race Series race, the Flat Rock in Independence, Kansas. Uh, it's awesome. It was awesome. Uh, man, they put on the, of course, the Outlaw 100 is their flagship race uh, in February and their distances from 135 miles all the way down to 5k. But there also, there's a Lake McMurtry run, Greater Road Runner Trail Run at Roman Rose State Park, um, Flower Moon, Dark and Dirty, uh, like I said, Flat Rock and Thunderbird, man, I love all the races. They take care of their runners. Just a great time. Always a good atmosphere. You know where you get to hang out before and after and good atmosphere at the aid stations, man. People are out there taking care of their runners. Super awesome. Um, yeah, so check out the Outlaw Race Series. Go to www.outlaw100.com and you can find out all about them. Uh, we're also brought to you by Pure Tiva. Um, man, you know, we get injured while we're running and and, and doing all the things that we do. And uh, man, it's just to help with recovery. Uh, This stuff's made in the USA. There's a cream, there's a roll-on, it's it's CBD infused. There's science behind it, man. I just know it works uh, on sore muscles and sore, uh, just sore joints and stuff. I use it. I like it. Go to Tiva, T-I-V-A dot Terrio dot run. And if you have trouble sleeping, dude, check out the Sleep Chews. They're amazing. Sleep good and have great dreams. So (laughs) go to Tiva, T-I-V-A dot Terrio dot run. And we are also brought to you by Runners World Tulsa. Uh, Runner's World Tulsa, man. They've got everything you need. If you're in the Tulsa area, you need something for running. You need shoes. You need packs. You need um, socks. Whatever. Whatever you need. Clothes. They've got it all. And they are very knowledgeable. These guys, they put on races. You can check out their races by going to www.runnersworldtulsa.com. 
but they know their stuff. And uh, man, just if if you're coming through the area or um, or if you live in the area, uh, stop by there. Tell them Run the Riot podcast sent you. Um, they're awesome people. Uh, I think that's about it for now. But uh, yeah, hey, enjoy the conversation with Christian Morgan. All right, today on the Run the Riot podcast, across the pond, we have Mr. Christian Morgan. How you doing, man? Hey, David, I'm good. You know, I'm just hanging out at my uh, father's house. Uh, we're doing a lot of cooking and just it's nice to kind of just chill out after the AT and spend time with family. So, yeah, I'm good right now. I'm in a relaxed place. Nice, nice. So so for those of you listening, it is three o'clock in the afternoon here in Oklahoma, Louisiana. And he just told me it is nine o'clock there where exactly are you across the pond <laughs> yeah so actually i'm in the town that i was born in i actually ran my first marathon here it all started here i'm in the like the, kind of the middle of the country so they call it the midlands nice and the actual town or it's a city is called wolverhampton so that's where i'm at yeah. oh sweet man sweet so so where, where do you live now no you, you live still live there are you visiting what's where, where do you call home now Ah, oh, man, I'm homeless, I guess. I've, I've been, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, right? So I've got, um, so since uh, 2009, I purchased a camper van and that's wow. always been my base in London. Yeah. And uh, I just sold it after 13 years, uh, wow. like just last year. I've been living in Thailand this year, except for when I was on the AT. And then uh, I'll be cycling to meet my girlfriend in Spain. She lives there and I'm going to go and live with her for a bit. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm homeless. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we de- we're definitely going to have to talk about uh, Thailand and everything, we, but we'll have to get there, I guess, man. I, I made a yeah. note so I can get back there. Cause all right. All right. David. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so, all right. So you're originally from there and, um, you know, we're going to talk about, and in the introduction, you know, people will have heard about the awesome feat that you just accomplished, but, but we want to start way from the beginning. We want to get to know you and, you know, yeah. who you are and why you do these crazy things that we do. So, um, so how, I mean, growing up there, did you, did you run, did you, did you do sports in school? What did you do? Yeah. I mean, I actually grew up in Australia. Um, okay. So my, my parents took me and my sister. I have one sister to Australia. I was, I think she was like nine months old and I was, I, I'm three and a half years older. So what does that make me like four, just over four years old? Yeah. So I was a little, is that right? Yeah. Something like that. Are you, yeah. I was about four years old, went to Australia. Um, and we stayed there for a stretch. Uh, and then I came back to the UK when I was, I, I think I was 11. Uh, or 12 and and then started secondary school i guess my running started you know if we want to like where did the running start um i started boxing first of all okay Um, and and then and then the running was a byproduct of the boxing because we had to do some cardiovascular training yeah yeah we used to run down to the local pub uh Mm. come come back to the gym and then get in, in the ring or whatever, do our training, hit the bags, hit the pads. Uh, and then I saw an advertisement for the local uh, Wolverhampton Marathon. And that's where I'm at now. That's my birth town. Okay. And, how, I, how, and I entered it. Yeah. How, was, old, uh, how old were you when you were doing the boxing and started just doing the running like that? How old were you? Pretty much very early 20s. Yeah. Okay. Early okay. 20s. Yeah. 
Why'd you, yeah. I just, just curious, man. Uh, cause how, how cool, I mean, that you got to grow up, uh, be in Australia for a little bit and then move around and stuff. Mm. What, what moved your family just work and stuff or. Yeah. Good question. My dad's sister moved to Australia when she was younger and I mean, I guess, I really guess the tr- the truth of it is, is, um, my I've only just recently found out that my sister is actually my half sister. Oh, okay, got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she, she, my, me and my sister both have different fathers. Yeah. And when, when my mother and father separated for a period when I, when I was younger, my mother had another relationship with um, a man, and she got pregnant, and that was my sister. Oh, so wow. actually, what I didn't realize was until in 2020 is that we moved to Australia to kind of get away from, I guess you could say the gossip, you know, uh, so yeah, my sister yeah. was nine months old and I think my family wanted a fresh start. Yeah. And my, my dad's sister was already currently living in Australia with her husband and their three kids. So yeah. it was like, let's go to North Queensland Cairns. Let's get over there. Let's leave little England behind and, yeah. and start a new life. So that was the reason actually. Oh, wow, man. That's, that's, that's wild. I mean, but yeah, I mean, but it works out that you got to, I don't know, get part of your upbringing in a, in a different place, um, you know, and, and see, have you, have you been back to, have you been back at all uh, since then, you know, as an adult? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, two times or maybe, is it three, two or three? I forget as an adult. Yeah. I've run ultras in Australia. Okay. Ultras over there and stuff. That's what I was going to ask. It sounds like you got to be careful in Australia though, because everything's trying to kill you while you, all the wildlife and everything. (laughs) Yeah, man. I saw a couple of snakes out there, kangaroos, (laughs) um, some pretty big spiders. I mean, Yeah, that Austra- I like to think of Australia as the the wild west. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of nature there. For oh, sure. that, that's cool. That's cool. So yeah, so it's kind of interesting that you uh, th- that you say you started with boxing because my my running like I wrestled in high school and I did jujitsu and mm. I would run for cardio, you know, keep my cardio up and to cut weight. And so um, mm. so it's kind of similar, and that's kind of how you know I, I I ran a little bit like that, and um, and then. I shared this too much on the podcast probably, but I tore my ACL and I wanted to go to rehab my knee. And that's, I said, I want to run a marathon. So rehab my knee. And that's how I started falling in love with running. And so that's That's really cool. Yeah. So so it's cool that, I don't know that, you know, it started as like not your main thing, but it was, you know, you started running. So what made you decide that, Hey, I want to run this local marathon. I mean, there's a paper called the Express and Star. Uh, I was flicking through it, you know, turning the pages, Wolverhampton Marathon. Um, so that was it. I was, I was, yeah, I thought, let's do that. Let's go and enter a marathon. <laughs> yeah. I had no training. I did oh, you no just training did. <laughs> runs. No, nothing. I mean, my longest run was one mile. I think, Are you serious? You know? <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. No, nothing else. And I just went and ran this marathon and, I think it was during that marathon I actually got to face myself head to head. You know, I got to mm. got to overcome myself. You know, as uh, yeah. as cliche as it may seem, but that was the first opportunity in my life to be able to say, right, I'm going to do something hard, and I want to give up right now, but I'm going to continue because I want to get to that finish line. Yeah. And I think anyone who runs a marathon or their first marathon crosses a boundary. 
And, and once you cross that boundary, um, I, I'd say then you're in the, a whole new realm of possibility. So for yeah. me, that first marathon, it was different from getting in the ring and sparring because that is also overcoming one's fears and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I thought I'd entered the, the realm of hard things, you know, tough stuff. Let's yeah. do tough stuff now. And it felt good. I mean, it felt really good. I felt elevated for sure. Yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, especially, okay. I, I did my first race was a marathon, but I trained for it. You know, like I rehabbed my knee and I trained for it. So you're, I mean, you got it done and you're thinking, man, if I can do this with like no training, if I can crawl, you know, cover 26.2 miles, 42 K with no training, uh, you know, man, what can I do? You know, that opens up kind of opens things up a little bit to possibility. I would think it did for me. That was exactly it. It was like, what can I do? In fact, I already had the answer. It was, I can do anything I want. Yeah, you know, like that's, that's <laughs> what happened to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like it, man. Well, okay. So, uh, marathon, no training. What was your time? I have to ask. Uh, like four forty six, but not- I didn't walk. Didn't walk. You man, that's that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Especially, yeah. you know, like you just jumped in and like so how, yeah. how soon was it before like you said I'm gonna do that? And then was the race, you know, like was it like right right after or when you signed the up? Race. Did you did did you like for that marathon? Yeah, did you just oh, sign up? After sign I up saw and- the advert. Oh, I mean, uh, you know, because it's what is it, 22 years ago now that was in oh, the yeah. 2000. <laughs> I honestly can't remember. I mean, yeah. it probably was uh, I'm going to guess it, it felt like I saw the advert and then within a week I ran the race, <laughs> you know, it was that that's quick. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's great. So, yeah, man. so you were hooked. What, what, um, so how did, you know, okay. Recovery. How was recovery? I mean, physically you were, uh, def- yeah. you were yeah. definitely, you know, I mean, you boxed and you did some running, so you had some kind of, um, you know, you were okay, but, but how did your body feel after the race? <laughs> how did that go? Yeah, I had to walk. I had to come down the stairs. I was living at my na- my grandma's, and I had to come down the stairs sideways. And <laughs> it took three full days until um, I was like, limping. I felt like a kind of a casualty. So it was, it was a genuine three solid days of just hardcore DOMS, delayed yeah, onset yeah. muscle soreness, coming down the stairs sideways, holding onto the banister, limping around. But you know what? Every single ounce of pain that i felt just felt like a reward i mean i felt yeah yeah triumphant it was fantastic there i know yeah, so many people are that, yeah listening or like they understand that because i i tell my wife all the time even like when the gym and i come back and i'm like i'm so sore it's awesome you know that means i did something you know like i, <laughs> yeah. I you know that means yeah. I, I i put in some work and then after a race yeah. you know it's like i'm i'm, I'm hurting but i'm good you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah no that's great man so so how soon did you after that did you decide to sign up for you know another another marathon or other races yeah i mean that's a great question to be exact i'd have to go onto my website and look at my uh, race list but it's roughly for the first couple of years one or two marathons a year okay you know yeah um i have on my website i've got like bio and i list my races from that first marathon we're talking about yeah. And it's pretty much one or two marathons a year. And and it was either the Wolverhampton Marathon, the one that I ran, or the Belfast Marathon, which is because uh, I've got some family in Ireland as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in between those two. I mean, it was so it was the next year, I guess. Um, 2020. Uh, sorry. Sorry. 2001. Yeah. 
Nice. I'd have to check it out though. I'd have to look. Yeah, and I'm 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 poking around on your website right now. <laughs> so though that's no, so that's 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 amazing though that you uh you know you just kept doing it. And so when did you when did you hear about an ultra marathon and decide you know decide like hey I think I think these are some things that I'd want to do because I'm guessing after you did the first marathon did you train start actually training for for the marathons after that. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I, I just went to Runner's World. Can you still see me there? I'm just yep, pulling yep. up my website so I can have that. Yeah. So I went to Runner's World, uh, pulled down a uh, training program, I think it was. And within a couple of years, my first goal was to run sub three hours. You know, I wanted yeah. to run a, a sub three hour marathon. That I guess that's the, you know, that's that magic number, isn't it? For yeah. amateur runners, sub three hours. Yeah. Uh, so I pulled down a, a training program, started following it. And I think three attempts later, I hit the, you know, the magic to whatever it is, 50 something. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. I'm on my website. Dublin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. So, uh, so yeah, my first marathon 2000, I did one a year for the first couple of years and then started doing two, but yeah, you got my first sub three. Did you find it? Yeah. Yeah. In Dublin, uh, in 2008, it looks like, yeah. Jeez, wow. So eight years then before I, I really um, actually pulled down the training programs. But it took me a couple because, yeah, yeah, I got 306 in 2007. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, the first time I actually trained was 2006 to London. And I've done, okay. I think, about six by then. So, yeah, I started it, thinking I should actually train for this. <laughs> and it felt so good to actually yeah. run 331 in yeah. London in 2006. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it's it's funny how much how much faster you can get when you actually train. Huh? <laughs> that was it. It was a massive. It was a big jump for me. You know, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for everybody listening, you know, because I hear of a lot of people who just like jump into races and and uh, you know and 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 there's a time for that. But if you want to feel victorious and feel like you did something, boy, you put a training block in, or you know, yeah. and you can you can, you know, you can improve your time and and feel much more triumphant about finishing your race. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a different experience. You know, you can run a marathon. And like I said, actually, my first experience was life-changing. But then when I trained for it, I don't know, there was a sense of control. You know, Mm. the sense of... um, Oh, I like that. I've put the time in and I've put the hard work in. And now the difference is, wow, I've just, you know, I'm I'm now suddenly 331 instead of whatever it is, 446. So, um, and then there's also the sense of working towards a goal finishing it and saying, Hey, I did that, you know, and I did it off my own back. And, and, and it's something that will build my confidence and just elevate me. So I'm good. So yeah, training for something makes all the difference, man. (laughs) Get out there and train. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and, and then I, I start seeing on your, your list here, you know, um, you know, some different things sprinkled in, but then I see some, I see you jumped in, in 2009, I start seeing some ultra distances, <laughs> some iron, yeah. iron man, uh, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So you just like, it's like when you started training, you're like, all right, it's time to start doing some things. And then you start, you started jumping into, I don't know, rugby ultra 35 miles. I don't know what that is, but that was my it. first ultra. Yeah. That was the first one. So you, okay. You found it, man. Yeah. 2009, 35 miles. I thought my legs were going to fall off after 26. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, I'm still running. I can't believe it. This is amazing. Ian Sharman ran that race. Do you know who Ian Sharman yeah, is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So is, we, is that a, it's a trail? Is that a trail uh, marathon? Uh, so it was round um, a reservoir. 
Okay. I believe it was a few laps of a reservoir. And I, I remember one of the things that uh, stood out most about Ian was just how positive that guy was, mm. you know, yeah, like, yeah. You, cause you can, you either, you're either negative or positive yourself. You can hear negativity or positivity around you. And with Ian, it was 100% positivity. And he went on to, and is to become one of the greatest ultra runners. I yeah. think that is living today as far as I'm concerned, you know? Oh yeah. And, and so, I mean, hold on, let's work this out. He's positive all the time. He's a great ultra runner. Is that a coincidence? I no, think not. <laughs> that's the pattern. That's yeah. the pattern, man. Well, yeah. well, you look you look at Courtney DeWalter. She's one of the most positive people and happy, encouraging. And she's she's like that in person. You know, you meet her. It's not a show. It's who she is. And yeah. during her races, you know, she's in the pain cave. And for some reason, she's she loves it, you know, like because we're all crazy. But, <laughs> you know, and but she's positive, you know, and she's telling corny dad jokes and, and all that, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, anyway, I love that. I love. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, me, me too. Yeah. yeah. And, no, you know, no, no, totally, totally. And you're right. 2009. So that. <laughs> year i ran um let's i mean let's count like one two three four six, seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen and i think i'm gonna take a guess here that running my first ultra kind of kick-started something inside of me because obviously when you run your first marathon now we're like eight years later i've suddenly run my first ultra yeah. and something is new like unknown territory it's not about speed it's yeah. not about how fast I can go. Now it's about how far I can go. So yeah. back in 2009, I ran 35 miles and that was a real special time. And I think then it kickstarted all these other, I mean, then I ran that year, I ran 40 miles and I ran a multi-stage, you know, I started coming top three hitting podium and yeah, it was a, it was a big year for me that year. Yeah. It, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing how that opens up and, and you start like, okay, if I can do this, then, you know, and, and, and kind of when you get past the marathon, it really opens up because, you know, there's the 50 K then 50 mile and hundred mile, you know, and there's all these other opportunities and then there's mountains and then there's, you know, trails and all this different types of environments that you can run in. And you looks like you started exploring and saying, all right, what, what else is there? What else can I do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I want to go back to where you say there's 50 mile, there's hundred mile. I definitely recommend with my coaching clients, there's 50 mile, there's hundred K. <laughs> okay. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Don't that's forget true. that. <laughs> Wait, I've done. Okay. Look, you see my buckles back there. That's all. For, I got it. Yeah. I got, I got, you've done 1300 miles. Is that right? I've done, uh, uh, there are 15, 15 of them. Oh, congratulations. Of a, of a, yeah. I have a hundred miles or more, but I still haven't done a hundred K. I have not done a hundred K. I don't know. You what, need to go back and revisit. You got to go I back need to. in time. I've got it. I've got to <laughs> fill it in. But my first ultra was a hundred miler. And then I went back yeah. and did others. So I'm, I'm yeah. yeah, whatever. But, uh, and so, yeah, I need to do a hundred K. I've got to do that just to. It's a fun it, distance. Like a hundred miles really chews you up and spits yeah, you does, out. Yeah. But a hundred. 100k you can still go and get some pizza in the evening and you <laughs> yes. know like you know <laughs> grab a beer or whatever whatever you like you know whatever floats your boat you, you know? could go to sleep in a, in a comfy bed or something instead of running go to the cinema you know go yeah. and catch a film <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, have a meal. <laughs> yeah, probably sleep through it. Yeah. No, I need yeah. to do that, man. I'm going to do it. And, and my reason behind my why is going to be because Christian said. <laughs> yeah, you got to go and do 100K, man. Like it's a new distance for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's true. I, I mean, yeah, I, I've got to do it to experience it. So I'll probably fall in love with it because it's like you said, it's, you know, I I, I can get home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the wife will be happy. Oh, yeah, 100%, especially if she's crewing me. <laughs> so, so yeah, man, I and I see I just see these, you know, these different races year after year you're you're piling on and you're doing you're still doing marathons. You, you our journey is kind of similar in that way. Like I would still do a lot of like I would put in marathons as 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 training for, mm. you know, and um and my marathon times would get a little bit some of them would get a little faster depending on where I was in my training block. And uh, I was improving my marathon times while I was training for hundred milers, you know, did, did you, yeah. did you find your mindset change for a marathon, you know, from initial, you know, like, you know, after you started running these other distances, you know, once you got up to like 50 miles, you know, your marathons, did you, how did you feel about them? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, so you're my first marathon. I couldn't walk for three days. Yeah. And then as the years go by, you know, I'd run a marathon and I'd be pretty, I would jog down the stairs, you know, yeah. the, the next day or, and I would have zero doms, no doms. Yeah. yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, I would, I would actually be, I mean, and I did, I ran one ultra, you know, I'd, I've, I've done marathons on Saturday, marathons on Sunday and training runs on Monday and just been cool with it. So yeah, your mindset totally shifts. Yeah, and your physical body also uh, just uh, adapts as well, for sure. It, isn't that amazing? How how I, I got to speak to our cross country team at our school uh, this this past week, and one of the things I told them about is is uh, is consistency, discipline, and consistency, and how the body adapts if you stay disciplined and consistent in your training. And so, I mean, that's your, your story right there. What you just said is a perfect example of that, that you went from broken down after a marathon to a marathon and then another marathon and then training, you know, just your body adapted mm. and your, your mindset yeah. and your body adapted. That's, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It happens. I'm sure it's happened for, I mean, for me, I only know what my body feels like, but my yeah. mindset, but I'm pretty sure everyone out there is the same. You yeah. Know, it's a journey that we're all on together and yeah. 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 I love it. I love, I love that. And, and so you kept what, and I don't see it on here. Uh, so when did you move up to, do you remember when you moved up to a hundred K? Well, I, I see 82 miles. So you've got other things going, you've got all kind of crazy distances here. Is that, is that something you guys do overseas over there, man? You just run crazy distances. Cause some of them are just like 150 or 82 or they're just weird distances. Like <laughs> actually you know i got a confession i mean i assumed i'd run 100k but i think oh, i went from 50 to 100 <laughs> as well oh, this is That's a, hilarious this is a confession here straight from the mouth of christian that, so so yeah, the people admit, that the, the people you're yeah. coaching if they listen to this he, he, they're gonna find practice out what truth. he preached yeah, yeah that's right yeah, yeah don't do as i did yes yes do as i say <laughs> do as i say <laughs> that's great that's funny yeah, but but yeah. but yeah i mean it's just kind of funny to see you know and we have some of those races too you know there are different just crazy distances you know 40 miles and it's hard and like you said it's hard to wrap your mind around like you know you can once you start building like a 50 mile or whatever but when you get a weird distance you got to start figuring out 
uh, how fast you're going to run and, mm. you know, how much of a calorie deficit you can, you know, I don't know what you're going to eat and, you know, where you, where you can just run without worrying about it. Cause you're almost finished and just, just all your planning is different. And when, you know, you can get that down in like a 50 K 50 miles, but then you get, I don't know, I see a 45 miler, and a, you know, just weird distances. Uh, yeah. So you were just out there. It looks like running whatever you thought looked cool. Actually, no, that was uh so actually there's a reason. So from yeah. 2015, yeah. Um uh from two the whole of 2015 and the whole of 2016, I had a purpose and it was to join the 100 marathon club. Oh, um, really? and to okay. join the yeah, yeah, to join the club, you've got to run anything like a, a marathon or above counts as one event. Okay. And and if you do like marathon disciples, like a multi-stage where you run a marathon every day, whatever yeah. it is for seven days, that's just like one event. So, so actually my purpose and goal was to join the 100 marathon. And if you scroll to like 2016, um, you can see where I actually finish. Um, and the Wolverhampton, which was my first marathon in 2000, became my 100th. Nice. Uh, and uh, and that was my 100th marathon. So I came back full circle, came back to my hometown and joined the 100 marathon club with with Wolverhampton. And I won that year as well, which was cool. So, oh, man, that's that's so cool. And, and yeah, yeah. 250. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 250. It's a pretty slow time to win a marathon. But like luckily that year, there was because that marathon had been won in 238, 233, 236. 241 and and whatever so that year i don't know what happened but some maybe it was just super tough conditions because it was hot i won it in 250 so i was pleased with that no that's yeah. amazing and you know um what i find uh when you're because when you're doing a lot of distance long distances ultras and you're running as often as you were in 2016 when the conditions get tough we saw that at boston marathon a few years back when the 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 i forgot the guy's name from japan who had been he was running he'd run all the time when the conditions got cold and rainy and nasty a lot of the elites were dropping off but the this ultra runner you know mentality just like whatever this is like this is a saturday this is a normal weekend for me you know and just yeah and, and, and crushed it so that's that that probably had a lot to do with it man that's pretty awesome no you're right it did i, I mean i did an ultra i remember there was this really tough section next to the ocean and it was like pebbles or rocks you know yeah and uh i remember everyone was complaining and and uh their body language you know their shoulders were slumped their faces looked upset you know and i just i i just um i don't know it felt so good to me to be able to realize that okay this is the condition this is everyone most people around me's reaction but my reaction i was really just enjoying it and i thought i'm gonna rise to this challenge so yeah i think that's kind of that that ultra mindset you know um and also being stoic as well you know i read mm. earlier that um uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who does the podcast, uh, Rich Roll. So mm, he, yeah. he sleeps in, a, I've been sleeping outside in a tent for ages now, you know, and I realized yeah. that Rich Roll does it as well. I'm like, yeah. Oh, wow. And then he said um, his third reason for sleeping outside in the tent is uh, because it's stoic. So to be able to go through something hard and not complain about it. But yeah. for me at that time, when I was running over those pebbles and rocks, it was the opposite. It was, I'm going through something hard, but I'm actually enjoying it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, 
Yeah, that's taking it to the extreme. And I think that's the kind of mindset that just helps us break barriers and just push through boundaries and stuff like that. Just just embracing and, and just enjoying and, and not being miserable, you know? Yeah. So, and I'm looking, I'm looking at, you know, we, we want to talk about your most recent uh, adventure, definitely. But I'm looking at, as I'm scrolling through here, I, I see as your distances increase, you're doing hundred milers. And then I, I see, I see TD, TDJ, TDG, your Tour de Jean's, uh mm. 200 miler. Okay. And that's known for tough you know, being, yeah. being so tough. And so like, you're not, I want people to hear that you're, you know, you're talking about this, but like, you've been through some, some tough races and, yeah. and experienced these things. So let me ask you this, what do you do? Because we're all okay. And I've, I've done, I've done, uh, I've done the Tahoe 200 and I've DNF some 200s. I've had some, 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 you know, some bad things happen, some things beyond my control, some things out, you know, I've, I've shared on the podcast before. It's just mental and I've had where I've stayed mentally strong, but I've had where I've broken down. So what kind of what kind of tools besides sleeping in a tent do you do you do you incorporate like even during the race to keep you mentally tough or to keep you from sliding into that negative space? You know, when you start getting down, what do you do? Do you do you do you mess with your nutrition? Say maybe there's something there. Do you use any kind of mind games to try to turn that negativity off? Especially like what you said earlier, people around you get negative too. I've had in races mm. where I've had to get away from certain people. You know, we're running the same pace <laughs> yeah. and they're just like, rah, rah, rah. and I'm like, okay, I got to speed up or slow down because this person <laughs> tracking me down. Like, what are you, what, me here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you do? You know, there's, there's, it, it, that's the thing. I think the mental side of stuff in ultra is just either not explored enough or not talked about enough mm. or not focused in on enough i had a guy in my i, I so added I had a podcast for a stretch and lanny basham is an olympic gold medal winner and he came onto the show and he talked about mental training you know uh, yeah. what do you do and uh, it was amazing man listening to that guy because he's pro he's got olympic gold medal but what do i do you know i always think that if you feel bad you feel bad for a reason you know, there's a reason I feel bad. I mean, you don't just you don't just feel bad for no reason. You know, um, you don't just feel good for no reason. You know, there's always a reason behind everything. And if you can if you can identify, and often we know what the reason is in ultra. You know, yeah. Um, but you don't address it because you're already. I think the first for me, whenever I'm running an ultra or a super tough endurance event, the first step out of negativity is recognition mm. that's the first step yeah first of all if you don't realize you're being negative you're lost you're it's it's yeah. like you don't know and yeah. then you can't do anything about it you know they say knowledge is power and i believe that the first step out of a uh, a hole or a negative part or a dark patch whatever you want to call it in an ultra is recognition so that for me is the starting point yeah. and then once i recognize I suddenly feel I've got sub, uh, uh, you know, it's objective. I'm, ob yeah. I become objective. I'm like, okay, so you feel bad, but now you realize you feel bad. So then you can st start to explore why you feel bad. For yeah. me, that's the starting point recognition. I think yeah. that's the way to start. Yeah. And I think, I think that's when we get into trouble. Um, when we, we get into that headspace and don't, and we just, just stay there and marinate and don't step outside yeah. of ourselves and look at, you know, 
like like I tell like I tell my daughter sometimes, look at yourself. Just look at yourself. Look at you know, look what you're doing. You know, look at yourself and see. Okay, it, do I am I behind on nutrition? Are my electrolytes yeah. out of whack? Am I, yeah. you know, whatever whatever it is? Am I chafing? You know, what I just <laughs> and and try to figure out what's what's causing the issue and then troubleshoot. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I totally agree for sure. We have you obviously understand because yeah, that's what I would have just said. Yeah, nice, nice. No, no, that's good and um. Because, you know, I, I, you look at your race, I look at your, your, your races here and the things that you've done and, and you obviously have figured that out, you know, because <laughs> otherwise I got to say, actually, Tour of Giants, you know, so I came 217th position in that. Um, but actually, if you look at the race before, it was three weeks before and I came third in the North Downs Way 100 miler. So yeah, I did Tour of Giants as a recovery. Um, that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you you still finished it though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's got a sixty percent dropout rate, uh, and it all fifty percent. So half the people standing on that line don't get to the finish. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my recovery run. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, and you you guys uh, you guys across, and I have I have some friends like this here in the United States, but you guys uh, across the pond over there, you know, those that I've had on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, are notorious for like sh- stacking up big races. I don't know if you do you know the uh the Jenkins brothers, Reese and uh and Scott. Um I don't they, I don't know, know those guys. Well they they've been here uh doing like Badwater and then uh right now, in fact, right now Scott uh, uh, is running the Bigfoot 200. Um okay. you know, and they they just they do but they do them like all these back to back craziness and stuff like that. And uh they're they're both Welsh, but um uh, one of them lives in, in London. And um, mm. anyway, they just always doing these crazy, crazy things all over the place. And I love it. So it's, it's, I love following them. Um, so, it's yeah, fun. it's fun. Oh, yeah, man. So, you, you, I mean, you just you just continued on and I'm and I'm seeing um, uh, because I looked at your ultra sign up before and I, um, you know, it doesn't show a lot of these races on here. And it's like you were just having having a blast, <laughs> having a blast. Yeah. And then I, 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 I see something. Um, have you done what races have you done in in the United States? Have you done any? No, man. I mean, no legit races, run, right? Okay. I never run an ultra marathon. I've been signing up for Western States for about. Oh yeah, good it luck. It feels with that. like a decade now. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. a ten year loser at Western yeah, States. Yeah, um, yeah. Hard Rock. I'm a. I don't know. Like, I got a couple of years of losing the lottery there, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I want to run a race. You know. No, yeah. I, I just haven't got around to it yet. I will. I will. Okay. But I just have not yet. No, that's yeah. cool. That's I was, I was just wondering because I mean, there's a lot of good races, uh, a lot of good races here, but you looks like you, you've, you've got a lot of good races at, you know, on the same plot of land that you're on or right near it, you know, where you don't yeah. have to travel as much. But then I see that in um, that you in 2018, you decided to come our way and uh, yeah. you spent some time on the Appalachian trail doing some pacing. Uh, who are you yeah. pacing? Yeah, I got a friend called Carol Sabe. Uh, we met back in 2016 at Marathon de Sables. Yeah. And for anyone out there who doesn't know who Carol is, Carol set the record on the Pacific Crest trail. Carol set the record and still holds the record on the Appalachian trail. Carol won I think it's Big's Backyard Championship or something. Uh, I don't want to get it wrong there. Um, I think he did that. Uh, and he also holds the fastest known time on 
uh, geez, I think it's called Via Ultra. It's a, it's a really long, um, crazy elevation route in Europe. Um, and I, I forget what the name of it is. I forget that. But yeah, Carol's probably like one of the best ultra runners in the world and also yeah. someone who's really close to my heart because, um, yeah, we spent, I mean, one third of his attempt um, running together on trail for the, the for the period I was out there for sure. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, it looks like you were out there, uh, uh like 15 days, uh, I did 15. Yeah. I did 15 days of running behind him, you know? Um, yeah. and I didn't do the whole day. I did. You can see there's a variety like 24, yeah. 34, 31, 35, 34, 33. Yeah. You know, I was, I don't know what the average is, but I was out there for like, you know, a good part of, of each of his day, which he averaged 53 miles a day. Yeah, and just yeah, I mean, he's he's my brother, really. Actually, Carol's Carol, Carol's my brother from another mother. For sure. <laughs> well, yeah. you don't spend you don't spend that kind of time out there with somebody suffering for that long without without forming a bond and getting to know each other, man. Um, yeah. So yeah. so was that your first time on the Appalachian Trail when you went to pace him? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I turned up, uh, saw Jern, uh, his crew, and I think Carol came in. And uh, it was like, hey, I haven't seen you since 2016, two years ago. Uh, let's get at it. And, and we <laughs> head off, headed off down the trail. And this is my first experience. I think 21, 24 miles day one on the AT with Carol. No, yeah. Nice. What, uh, what section did you end up? Uh, what area were you running? Yeah, man, it's a good question. Because actually this year when I was doing my record attempts, I got to that section where I joined Carol. Um, and I, I, I want to think it was around 500 and something miles, but I forget the name. Um, I feel okay. bad about that. I think it was Virginia. Um, okay. and, and when I got there, Warren Doyle was there. Iceman. Warren Doyle's like done the Appalachian Trail like 18 times. Yeah. Uh, Iceman was there, my crew and gun section. And uh, I was very aware that when I got to this point, this is where it all started. And it was it was really cool to kind of get there. And I was head of record pace at that point. Just get there and think, yeah, it's where it all started for me. You know, that yeah. was a special day. That was a really special day for me. Oh man. So, okay. So you came in 2018 and you started doing the, you, you, you paced for him. And so it planted a seed evidently. Um, yeah, you know, I it, think it, so. <laughs> yeah. It, <'cause, laughs> Took over my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Because after yeah. that, I'm looking at, you did UTMB. Uh, how, how'd you like UTMB, man? How was it? Yeah, again, like I think it was uh, a couple of weeks after running. I don't know how many miles I did with Carol. I did an ultra every day for 15 days straight, man, um, or whatever. And then, yeah, I jumped into UTMB and it was that everyone was saying, you know, Carol was saying, are you going to be really fit and kick some butt? Or are you just going to be tired? <laughs> um, oh, man, I love UTMB. I didn't have my best race. I finished in 30 hours, 28 minutes, but yeah. I had some problems with, so I'm a pretty good trail runner, but I'm not really like one of these guys who ranks himself in ITRA. What is it? Yeah. IT, IT, I forget. What's the International Trail Running Association? Yeah. The yeah. ITRI. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Um, so I had to start with everyone else at the back. You know, I had to pass like 1,300 <laughs> runners to get, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, other or I had the choice of queuing for seven hours to be at the front of those guys. And I was like, no, I'll just start at the back. <laughs> and I, I started at the back, you know, I made my way to the front. I mean, it was crazy uh, dodging people and stuff. And we got to the first climb. And I think I was in the, I don't know, top, definitely the top 100 or whatever, past a thousand runners. 
and then descended. And I just started having really bad stomach problems. Like I never get stomach problems. But the day before, me and my father were heavily into cooking and we cooked French onion soup. And I decided I was going to have a lot of it. And then what I didn't realize is that onions create flatulence, as it's called, you know, (laughs) play the stomach. So I dived in and out of the bushes about, I'd say, maybe, I don't know, eight to 12 times thinking I needed to go. And I'd get behind the bushes and I'd fart or whatever it was, (laughs) let a little bit of wind. And then think, I just, you know, I was, and this happened so many times and I eventually became demoralized, got to a, uh, an aid station told my cousin I was going to give up. He was crewing me, got in there and the doctors gave me a pill and said, go and lay down for a while. So I slept for an hour and all those thousand runners passed me back. <laughs> yeah, great. a thousand runners. Yeah. I woke up, carried on running, passed another thousand runners again. And, <laughs> and I don't know, finished in the top hundred. But to be fair, I, I really pleaded and I tried my best. I even tried to sneak into with the elites yeah, and I yeah. got like grabbed and they're like, you're not an elite. Um, and I, yeah, I guess I'm not. So yeah, I just, I was just in the wrong position to start that race, you know? Yeah, yeah. And a bad no. stomach as well. But guess what? I really enjoyed it. It was one of the best days of my life. I love yeah. UTMB and I'm pleased to have finished it. It was awesome. Oh man, that, that, that place is, I haven't been, uh, but it, just the pictures and videos I've seen, it is beautiful, man. Uh, uh, just gorgeous uh, out there. Get over there if you can, for sure. David, yeah, it, get over there. Yeah. Even if it's just to, to visit and hike it and, you know, or just, just play in the mountains, you know, <laughs> hike yeah. it in five days, do the TMB, the Tour de Mont Blanc, you know, just get out there 20 miles a day, stay in some cabins, eat some French Italian and <laughs> Swiss food and have some fun. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> oh, well, and then, um, so I, did you, um, did you do, um, so from, yeah, from then on, I mean, you, you're, you want to, you look like you started to try to, uh, try to do some FKT attempts. And then I see, I didn't realize, uh, you, this, you had a few attempts at the Appalachian trail FKT. So tell me about that. Yeah. Um, I told Carol in the, at the end of 2018, I want to go um, and have a go at breaking the record. And he wished me all the best. He said he couldn't be a part of it, you know, with crewing and pacing because he had some other projects. And then in 2019, I went over there as green as could be. I mean, I was a rookie. I had my 18-year-old cousin as crew. Um, gun section was there. Gun section, for anyone listening, is also my mom. Um but I use the word gun section because if someone says I'm out there with their mom, I think people will draw conclusions that it's an amateur outfit and your mom's going to be soft on you. But, well, I don't want to put a spoiler on things, but later on, if you guys carry on listening to the podcast, you realize that she is not called gun section for no reason, you know. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I, I went out there in 2019, failed miserably. Um, I, I definitely got to put it down to the crew. Um, it was terrible. Uh, my cousin was very just not wanting to be there. Like she really wanted to go home and, and it was a bad atmosphere. And so I just on day, I forget what it was. I think we were in hot springs. I said, okay, right. It's over. I'm going to call it. Um, cut, like, let's get my cousin back to Ireland. You know, she's an 18 girl, year old girl. She wants to go and see her family. And that was it. It was over. You know? Oh man. Um, and I went to see Warren Doyle stayed at the, App- App- Appalachian Trail Folk School 
Uh, and he said, hey, Christian, right, what you need to do is get up into the whites and go and have a taste because you've never seen it. You don't know what it's like. And this will let you know if you really want to go for an attempt again. So I went up into the whites. I did quite a big chunk of the white mountains. And I mean, I loved it. You know, it yeah, was great. Yeah. That's what my sport is. I love mountains. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and then uh, 2020, um, this, uh, this thing just like wiped out the world, man. COVID yeah. like just took, took us all down. Everyone yeah. has their own story to tell. You know, I won't bore you with mine, but anyway, I couldn't get to America. So I stayed in the UK. Um, I went after, I, I was like, okay, man, I need, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm training now for a long 2000 mile trail. What's the next best thing? And the next best thing was Britain's longest national trail. And yeah. the record is held by like Damien Hall, Britain's best trail runner. Yeah. So like, let's have a go at that. So yeah, uh, me and gun section went out there. She crewed me. I ran. 61 miles a day, set a new world record on that. FKT's nice. mine. I'm, I'm listed on the website, beat Damien Hall's record. Sweet. That gave me a lot of confidence. Um, and I went back to the Appalachian Trail last year in 2021. I just wasn't ready. You know, um, physically, I was fit. Mentally, I just was not there. I uh, hmm. got to Hot Springs. It almost seemed like a broken record, just repeating itself. And uh. And, um, yeah, I just called it on in hot, just after hot springs. Iceman was now part of the crew. M Megan was no longer my cousin. So I had a professional outfit with a crew, but, um, I just wasn't mentally re ready. I convinced myself that I was injured, you know, cause I did have an injury, but I realized with these things, you have to go through injuries. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't prepared to go through an injury at that point. And yeah, I just, what I did was, which I'm really proud of myself the last year, is I stepped off the trail as a runner. I had a break. I went to Maine, spent three weeks there, chilling out with my buddy, um, Maniac, who went head-to-head -head with David Horton in 1991. And um, he's, he's named Scott Griss, and he's an awesome person. And I went back on trail as a hiker, man. I joined yeah. the two hikers, went to Hanover and hiked 450 miles with a backpack, <laughs> nice. joined the community, you know, yeah. drank beers, smoked marijuana or whatever it was. I mean... <laughs> you know, like in the States where it was legal, I just yeah. joined the crew, did what I had to do and, and just uh, became a hiker, you know? And, and then I really had the world, I had the experience of a runner. I had the experience of a hiker and I felt, I just felt that really put me in a good place for this year, you know? Yeah. Well, so let, I, I want to talk about that injury real quick. So you, you, what, what was, what was the injury? What was it? And uh, how bad was it? Um. So like, after UTMB, mm. I was chilling at my dad's house. It was 2018. I was working on my website for run coaching, you know, launching my website. And uh, I was doing a lot of sitting. You know, I'd been out on the trail with Carol Sabay, running hundreds and hundreds of miles with him. I'd done UTMB and I was having a rest. And I just like loads of sitting. Um, and then now and again, I was going into the kitchen and doing some, a little bit of stretching and stuff. And I stretched and I think I pulled a muscle. Oh, and okay. so from yeah. 2018, that just kind of stayed with me. Uh, no, no uh, 18, yeah, kind of stayed with me. And it, it was in and out of my training for a few years. Just this like inner thigh, uh, yeah. like I was like an inner thigh um, pull. And uh, yeah, but I mean, I got through the Southwest Coast path with it. Um, yeah. It, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't feel it in 2019, but then in 2021, 
you know, it was, I, I'd started to feel it a lot more. And then I went into the Appalachian Trail last year with that lingering, you know, mm. it was a lingering injury. And uh, so that's what it was pretty much. I went and had a, what they called MRI scan. And they said it was tendinopathy of the right, sorry, tendon, the yeah. right tendon and the, the adductor tendon. So yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and so, yeah. So you, in, two, in 2021, you let it derail you. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, you realize that that's something that you, you could have pushed through afterwards, right? Well, I did push through it this yeah, year. You did. Oh, you, you know, did. I mean, yeah, I, you could have and did. did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Nice. That That's one of the things. And, and, and you being a coach, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. It's hard with people because it's hard with us to figure out even, is this something that I need to just push through or is this something that I need to stop? You know, yeah, it's yeah. tough sometimes. It's tough to differentiate w- which one it is. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, I mean, uh, I mean, Courtney DeWalter herself has stopped races, you know, and yeah. she's someone yeah. who talks about going deep into the pain cave. Yeah. So when an ultra runner like that stops, yeah. you know, that she's found her. And I think for every runner and every single person, it, there's going to be, it's a personal thing. It really is. It, and it's an emotional thing. It's not just, it's not just physical. I mean, a physical injury is injuries have two parallel um, components. One of them is physical and one of them is emotional. So you'll have a physical injury and you can, you can range that from one to 10. So let's say your calf muscle is hurting you two to three out of 10. If that's been a lingering injury, it might affect you emotionally 10 out of 10. Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So when I was yeah. on the trail last year, that injury was probably, I, I don't know, man, I, I'm going to guess it was no more than five to six out of 10. But yeah. emotionally for me, it was a 10 out of 10 and it derailed me, as you said. Yeah. You know, yeah. I came off trail. I was, yeah. I was upset, really uh, upset. But yeah. that And that's. That's, I mean, I've been there, man. Like, you know, not with the FKT attempt, but with races, DNF, and and boy, that can that can that can stick with your your mind for a while, and and yeah. eat at you if you let it, unless you can just embrace it and get redemption, you know. Like this year, for sure, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you you last year you don't do it, uh, you don't finish, you get derailed. But there's something there. You got to come back. You got to come back and do it. And so what did you, how did you, I don't know, what did you do to, to, to get your mindset right? Because, you know, because a lot, a lot of times, I mean, let's face it, you, you, you didn't finish twice, you know, that's two times you get out there and for different reasons. And it's not like it's in your backyard. This is flying to the United States. This is, this is crew. This is uh, logistics, uh, money, time, all this stuff. And, and, but but you came back. So, um, what did number one, how did you, how did you like justify it and say this time is going to be different? And what did you do to make it different? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's so cliche when people say that's a good question, but it is a pretty good question. <laughs> um, one, how did I justify it? I mean, what made me think I had even the right to go back? I mean, I mean, persistence, you yeah, know, like, yeah. I mean, th- th- I mean, I didn't even get that far. Hot Springs yeah. is only six days in, you know, yeah. 50 wow. miles a day, whatever it is for six days. You're talking about a 41 day record. You haven't even, you haven't even, that's not even the tip of the iceberg. So what gives me the right to go back or the confidence uh. or whatever you want to call it. And 
I guess it was, I mean, so first of all, my circumstances were different. In 2019 last year, 20, sorry, 2021 last year, I sold my camper van. Yeah. Um, I changed my life and that no longer became my base. Uh, I've, I've been run coaching for a couple of years now and I decided to just go to Thailand and uh, kind of set up shop in Thailand and do my, cause I can work remotely. I need my laptop mm-hmm. and my mobile phone and I'm, and I'm, and I'm run coaching in Thailand, in Thailand, there's big mountains, you know? Yeah. Um, and when I trained in 19 and 21, there was, there's no big mountains in London. So I was going okay. up and down a tiny little hill called rock hill. Yeah. Uh, you know I mean? It was, it was ridiculous, you know, Suddenly, I'm in North Thailand. The mountains are huge. Just to get from the bottom to the top, it's a 5,000-meter cl- uh, foot climb. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm on the right terrain. I'm in okay. a perfect training ground. Yeah. Uh, the Appalachian. And then also last year, so in 2019, I didn't have Iceman on board. Last year, I did have Iceman on board, and he was only there. And then I pulled the plug. I'm like, I'm out. You know, I can't do this. So I thought to myself, Iceman hasn't really – he never got, you know, he came out here, he invested this time. He told his wife he was going to go away. And within a week, he's on his way back to home to Pennsylvania. So as far as I'm concerned, I owe something to Iceman. I said, come and support me on the trail. He put his life aside and I give him one week. So that's the second thing, you know, (laughs) I'm in the right environment. Iceman didn't even get a taste of the trail. I mean, he's a He's a he's a he's a, a section hiker, so he's completed it, but he yeah. didn't get a taste of what it's like to crew me. So then there's Iceman, and then I entered for UTMB uh, last year to run it this year, and uh, I didn't get in the lottery. You yeah. know, I was all fired up, thinking, "Yeah, I'm going to enter UTMB. I want to do a good race there. Try and get a maybe a top twenty, top ten position or something." You know, like yeah. put my heart and soul into it, and uh, I didn't get in the lottery, so. So I just sent email. I sent an email to Iceman, and I said, "Hey, listen, I'm not saying I'm going to. <laughs> if I was interested in going back to the Appalachian Trail, would you be on board?" And he just said yes, and I was like, "I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go back. Let's let's get on the Appalachian Trail." So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that kind of exactly answers your question, yeah. but that's what led me back. Yeah. Well, no, and that's you. You did change things up, you know. You changed up your train because I, I forgot to ask you that. I had a note to ask you because I live in Flatland, and when I go do mountain races, it's tough because it's hard to train here. And I know you're not, you know, it's it's hard. You can do it, and you can you can get out there and be pretty successful, but it's it's much tougher than being on the terrain and running up and down mountains to train. And so. So Thailand, man, that's that's pretty up. My sister taught English in Thailand uh, for a few years and uh, I didn't get to go while she was there. Uh, so I haven't I haven't been. But, uh, you know, it's another place on the list <laughs> to go. So. There's, a, there's a there's a great running community. Go and get yourself to Chiang Mai. Go to yeah. running. Go to base camp, uh, base camp coffee. Um, get yourself or whatever it is you like, a cold pineapple juice or a coffee whatever and then go and hit the trails man it's nice. a great running community it's a great base um yeah i love it it's my i mean it's it's my home it was my home this year you know nice. i miss it i want to go home even you ready it's to go home? yeah <laughs> that's, yeah that's great so um how do you go about um for, for this last this last um you know appalachian trail attempt you're you're coming in from from another country um did you did you go uh, northbound or southbound i don't remember 
Yeah, I went northbound. I started in okay. Springer Mountain down in Georgia and headed okay. up to uh, Maine, Katahdin. Okay, so you've got to come and you've got to you've got to arrange a crew. So you had you had a Iceman, which I'm sure yep. having somebody local to help. You've got to get supplies. You've got to make sure you've got a vehicle. And uh, so, I mean, you're, you're having to rely pretty heavily, I guess, on other people to help you kind of get situated, uh, you know, to do this thing. Yeah. I mean, Iceman was pivotable. I mean, without Iceman, this wouldn't have went down. And also Warren Doyle. In fact, without every single person, no matter how small their part was, I really believe that every single person helped me. And I say, I mean, let's, you know, we can go into this. I did not set a fastest known right. time. Yeah. Right. I'm now the second fastest in the world on the Appalachian trail, but yeah. I did not set a second, a, a fastest known time. Right. Right. So I'm not going to say everyone helped me, but helped me to what was achieved, you know, yeah. well, which was the second fastest time. Well, which, which is amazing. Like I, I, I yeah. don't, don't sell yourself short because I mean, like you almost like you were apologizing for that. You still achieved an, um, that was amazing. You were what two days faster than Scott Jurek? Was that is that right? Yeah, two days um, faster than Scott Fisher. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Scott Scott Scott's a legend. You know, Jurek's a legend in the sport, and um, you know, so many people were watching as he did what he did, and yeah. and and you went in it. I mean. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't sell yourself short. I know. And, and that's what, you know, my last, uh, 200 mile attempt, I, I DNF'd at mile at a hundred miles. And, uh, somebody's like, when a guy in my, my Sunday school class at church, he said, you're the only person I know that that's this went run a hundred miles in the mountains and you're, you're disappointed in yourself. You know, it's like <laughs> said, perspective, man, perspective, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but, but going uh, going back to your question though, you, you said like I must have had to rely heavily on support and, and other people. And yeah, yeah, I just want to say about Iceman. Iceman is a 72-year-old wow. um uh, man who lives with his wife Bob in Pennsylvania, Lancaster. Um he, he's um he's a trail angel. So he yeah. goes out to the Appalachian Trail and he helps through hikers. He's like I said, he's already done a section hike. He's completed the trail and he's uh, a purist as well. You know, didn't take any shortcuts, didn't miss out any sections. Um, he goes out. He's a trail angel. He goes out, spends his time. He's retired from his job now. Mm. And um, he goes out there and he uh, gives his time to through hikers and he makes it easier for them. He may slack pack them or he may... Um, like give some food, you know, do yeah. some cooking, cook some hot dogs, uh, you know, give some cold drinks on a hot day. So this is a selfless guy yeah. who is out there to, 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 to receive joy from helping others. You know, that's who Iceman is. So I'm trying to paint a picture. Here. Yeah. So when, when, um, I mean, when Iceman got in contact with me last year and what, and it was interested in being a part of my failed attempt last year, um, and I felt I failed to deliver him that experience, which he was reaching out for. So when he went this year, he was, I mean, it's so cool because I flew from Thailand and I did a training week before I actually started the um, attempt. Yeah. And I did a full week of, um, I was on, you know, I did what Carol did uh, in that week one, whatever it is. I forget now, what is it? 300 miles, 380, 370 miles, whatever it is in a week. You know, yeah. 50 miles a day, whatever the numbers are. 
Um, on the 80, Warren Doyle crewed me. Again, Warren Doyle's an 18-time finisher of the Appalachian Trail. He educates folks down at the Appalachian Trail Folk School. Iceman's there. I, Warren Doyle's 72. Um, Iceman is um, 72. And Iceman, I stayed at his house. You know, when I got to, he picked me up from the airport. So Iceman is the most caring, loving, selfless person that I've probably met, actually. Um, and it, it makes me feel emotional to even talk about him. I love Iceman. Yeah. Um, like he was, um, like he's, uh, you know, I can't say my father because I have a father who I love dearly and I can't say my granddad. But I love Iceman for who he is. He's uh, just one of the most awesome people in the world, for sure. So, yeah, I needed to rely on people. And I'm just yeah. so lucky and blessed in my life that these people have come into my life. And Iceman's one of those people. That's beautiful. That's, and, and yeah. you know, the ultra community and NFKT community are filled with so many people like that, you know, that'll go pay somebody they don't know or, you know, crew somebody they don't know or just meet, you know, meet and and help, you know, and show up and help. And, and just because, you know. Just because yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Just because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And so, um, so man, you get out and, uh, what was your, what was your original plan? What was your, how many miles were you trying to cover in a day? Oh, you mean, uh, like from actually the start or the yeah, training the, week or no, from like the, the start, start, from the start when you started. Yeah. That's, I mean, that again, man. So, so that's where I failed in setting an FKT. I mean, the really? question is, first of all, you need, you, there's a, there's a, there's to go after something like this, you need one to be physically fit. You need two, you, uh, you need to be physically yeah. fit. You need to be mentally um, strong and prepared also, and to be able to adapt. And you need to be uh, strategically ready. Now, I, we weren't as strategically ready as I would have liked. And okay. one of the questions is, when you're going after this, do you go by time or do you go by distance? Okay. So when we went out there, I, I knew that I had to be ahead of Carol. So I, I just took it on a daily basis. Carol did this amount of miles on day one. Uh, I had a spreadsheet and I need to get um, to the next road crossing so I can make whatever it is, three miles on Carol on day one. Yeah. So for example, I think day one, I, uh, day one was probably 55 miles or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did you hear a ring just, I just, my, my, my dad called me. <laughs> oh no, I didn't um, hear yeah. anything. I <laughs> know oh, it's yeah. all good. No it's all good. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the, the, so the, the goal was 50, um, I think it was 55 miles. I got, I got a photo of it here. So let's have a look. Yeah. I think it was 55. Yeah, fifty. Uh, it so on Strava it says fifty three, but the actual correct distance is about fifty five, fifty six miles. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so you were kind of basing your, uh, your run on his run instead of doing kind of your own own thing, your own goal. Is that kind of how you went into it? Yeah, um, that that's right. I mean, I, my strategy, I believe, our strategy, or say my strategy was weak, um, and uh, I think. The, that's not the way I would, again, if I could go back and change things that I did, I would actually go back and I would uh, create an intelligent strategy on how mm. to make the miles to break the record, to set a new record. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
sorry, I've already jumped into what I would do different and what I felt I did wrong. But I mean, hey, I was on record pace for 30 days, you know, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a long time. One month to be running 50 to 60 miles a day, you know. Yeah. How did you how did you how did your body respond to that that distance on, on the trail? So the induction for me and I did loads of research on asking and listening to podcasts, asking runners. Um, there's not many people to research, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the people who had done the AT and, and I mean, I even asked through hikers, you know, how long is it before you get your trail legs, but through hikers say, you know, three to four weeks. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you're two, you're 75% into your attempt when you're going for something like this. So that wasn't specific enough. You know, I asked all the guys, uh, how long it was, but me personally, I had like, I would say after 10 days, I got my trail legs. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I got my trail legs. And the first up to 10 days, I would line the, um, I had a roof tent uh, called Snuggles. I called it Snuggles. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It, was, it was really snuggly. <laughs> and, uh, and like, I would lie there on the nighttime and I got recommended by David Horton and Carl Meltzer, take Tyrannol PM uh, on the nighttime and it'll help you go to sleep. But the problem for me was I'm not anyone who takes some kind. I don't take any painkillers. I don't yeah. take any tablets, nothing like that. Some vitamins, that's it. Yeah. And I would take this painkiller or whatever it is, Tyrannol PM, and the, it would it would be cool. It would work. And then when it wore off, I would wake up about one, one or two o'clock in the morning in super pain. Oh, and, really? and, and I was like, man, now that things worn off, I'm not going to take another one and it would disturb my sleep. So, I think it was day six or day seven. I made some notes. I stopped taking the the Tyrannol PM and yeah. I had the best sleep ever because <laughs> my mindset was then, okay, let's just lie in bed, shut your eyes and embrace that deep, yeah. deep pain that you're getting in your body. And yeah. that's part of the journey. Don't try yeah. to block that out. So once I embraced the pain, I slept like a baby, you know, that, didn't wake up again because I'd already accepted the pain before I went to sleep. But that pain, six to ten days, it was gone. That was the induction for me. Six to ten days. Wow, that's that that's pretty amazing. What was your what was your calorie intake like? What were you eating? Um, so I'd start the day with like a gun section made me a um, like a kind of a. She made some oats. She put some. She did overnight oats. Yeah, and blueberries and nuts and. Uh, I'm sure she chucked other stuff in there to try to boost the calories. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was massive, man. I would, <laughs> I would drink. She'd add water as well so I could drink it. She was putting some powdered goat's milk in there as well. And uh, and I would drink this. And after a while, I said I had to tell her to cut it down because I would start. and I would need to eat for like an hour and a half, two hours. I'd be so full, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that was another thing I would change. But eventually, she reduced it by 50% in volume. And then I'd, and then typically I'd do the first like three, four hours by myself, start at 4 a.m. in the morning, take out snacks with me. I think in the morning I, I like sweet stuff, yeah. you know, so like a chocolate brownie. Um, sometimes Reese's peanut butter cups were good as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and then uh, and then when I saw the guys, I craved something hot. So if they or I mean, I say hot, I mean, more like real food. So. Yeah. Often my uh, gun section would uh, come up with like a bacon and egg uh, muffin, which she'd made herself or they'd buy one from McDonald's. Um, and then they'd load me up with like some avocado and uh, chicken sandwiches, uh, yeah. 
you know, some, tra- I don't know, like I didn't eat much trail mix, but I had a little bit, um, mostly like real foods, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing wraps, you know, cut down to mini wraps, little size, like which I could eat with my hands. And I was trying to eat every 30 minutes. The goal yeah. was to eat about 200 calories every 30 minutes, 400, that right? 400 calories now, is it? No, 150 calories uh, every 30 minutes, 300 calories an hour. And then just top up when I saw the crew and eat things. And I mean, I was having one time I had a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's that didn't go down well. I felt <laughs> yeah. so sick. I felt so bad. And then oh. on the nighttime, I mean, through the Smokies, I carried fried chicken with me in a, in a bag in my pack. That was cool. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I was eating fried chicken over there. And then uh, on the nighttime, it was always like a camping meal from this cool company who sponsored me called The Real Termat, my mm. favorite camping uh, meals. Not because they sponsored me but because i tried about seven or eight different camping meals and yeah. that one felt like i was in a i mean i i mean i'm not exaggerating it was like i felt like i was having a risotto in a restaurant you know but it was coming <laughs> yeah, out yeah. of a, a packet so i was like i'm gonna go with those guys they sponsored me gave me what, meals for the thing what's the name yeah. of the brand again what's the name real termat so r-e-a-l-t-u-r-m-a-t real termat and okay yeah man they're from like Oh, I don't want to make a mistake. I think they're from Norway, uh, like a Scandinavian country. And yeah, man, for me, it works. They're, the, they're also one of the only meals that kind of stayed vacuum packed on yeah. my, when I was trialing different meals. Yeah. The other ones would come unvacuum packed. These guys always stayed tight vacuum packed. So, so I'd have that on the nighttime and then I'd finish off the day with an Ensure as well. So that was a thousand calories on the night. I was having about... I mean, I, d- I didn't count the calories, but I, I was burning about six and a half thousand calories a day. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, that's half, I mean, a large, uh, I say half, but a large part of the battle is, is, is fueling yourself and, you know, yeah. and, and not doing it in such a way where you're not jacking up your stomach like you did when you ate the Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Uh, <laughs> it was probably yeah. so good while you were eating it. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's like an escape from, um, it's escapism, isn't it? Like sometimes yeah. food is, and you can yeah. be eating this and like, Oh, I'm on the Appalachian trial, but nothing matters. Cause this tastes so good. And then you finish it and you try and run and it's hot. And like, Oh, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so did you, um, how did you do, uh, mentally during, during that time? Did you, did you hit any lows? Did you, did you have a tough time? You said there's a reason you call your, your mom gun section. So, uh, give me an example of how she's earned that name. <laughs> I mean, she got it because she was in Walmart and I could never, ever find her. And I think after the third or the fourth time of asking where she was and she said, oh, I'm in the gun section. I was like, oh, well, I mean, you know, because we were on the Appalachian Trail so much, we, you know, it'd be cool to give her a trail name. So that was her trail name. Nice. Uh, but I think it fits her personality. We had a, there seemed to be a lot of friction between us. Um um over the years because we're both quite strong characters and we don't like to be led in life like we like to lead ourselves so i think when you ask what was the difference also between 2019 2021 and 2022 this year is that i kind of just let gun section lead me because if you're battling against someone it's going to take energy Um, and I realized I needed to use my energy to move forwards on the trail. You know, I, there's, when you're doing something like this, you got no energy for Mm. anything else. If you're serious about it, 
you've probably got enough energy to do your task, which is cover 50 something miles a day. So I knew I couldn't be battling with gun section. So I was like, okay, at this point in my life, I'm going to be a sheep and I'm going to follow the shepherd. And gun huh. section was the shepherd. So I think that's a big part of, I'm not going to call it success because I didn't succeed in my goal this year of setting a new record, but you know, setting the second fastest time in the world is pretty cool. And I would say that was one of the um, things that attributed towards that was just allowing myself to be led by a leader. Um, and that happened to be gun section on the trail. Yeah. No, that's, that's pretty, I, I like that because uh, even uh, we, we discussed, uh, we discussed this morning oh, at, at our, um, at church, we were talking about in our Sunday school class, talking about humbling yourself. <laughs> and, you know, that's a, that's a, that's something that's hard to do sometimes, especially strong-willed people. And so, you know, you humbled yourself and, and let her lead. And the other thing I thought of is, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie of when, um, the, the documentary of when Charlie Engel and uh, Mars Ulrich ran across the United States. And um, yeah, yeah. there was some. Yeah, freak- yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. that. I forgot yeah, the name yeah. of it, but what, um, but Charlie Engel had, across America. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to back out and, uh, and there was a, there was some friction going on there and Mars Ulrich, you know, he just, he just had to not deal with that and give that to his wife and like, just, I just have to run, you know, I just have to yeah. run, you know, just do that. And so I can yeah. imagine, um, no, that, that, that's probably good. So, so gun section helped, you know, helped you out and she was able to sounds like she was able to say here eat this drink this just do it you know don't worry just you need fuel do this yeah yeah i mean um uh, yeah like yeah spoiler alert anyway get to day 30 i'm on record (laughs) pace um and i've had enough like you know i mean like i said it was due to strategy uh i should have you know, I, I should have been sleeping more on trail. Um, I should have had my sleep system and, and eat system set up and be a bit more self-sufficient. But I was always wanting to get to the crew, always yeah. wanting to get to the roof tent, you know, mm. to Snuggles because it's so snuggly. <laughs> <laughs> With a name like Snuggles, you know, what can you do? So um, when I'd overextended myself on doing, I mean, we made 17 miles in two days on the record. We added wow. 17 miles, one seven wow. over two days, did two yeah. 60 mile days, man, yeah. on the AT through Rocks, Pennsylvania, Rocksylvania. And that's too much. Yeah. So I battled on for a while. I did about another week of 50 mile days. And then I just had enough, man. I'd, uh, yeah, like I just had enough. And I came in and I said, I was like, yeah, I'm taking my shoes off, take my socks off. And I said, I'm done. And gun section just said, you may be done, but we're not done. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Dude, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And that was it. That's, that's gun section. And, <laughs> and, and that's how she dealt with the situation. So I just, I just followed her lead. I realized that at one time I was in her womb. Um, yeah. I had no saying things. She took me where she wanted to. When I was a baby, I couldn't feed myself. She fed me. So yeah. When I was unable to make a, an, a responsible, intelligent decision on the trail, and yeah. she said, you may be done, but we're not done. I was like, ah, in my mind, I was like, well, I'm going to go with that. But right now I need to lie down. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I just I just allowed myself, I think, to be humble. I, I appreciate what you're saying there. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I believe that's a really beautiful um, 
thing for people to do in their lives, be humble. And yeah, to, to, to do that um, just allowed me to move forwards and get past my ego, I guess, you know? Wow. So what, what was it that, that made you want to stop? You were just, just exhausted exhaustion. Was it more mental than physical? We were up and down. So, okay. So, I mean, it's hard in a 60 minute or whatever it is podcast to talk about um, a month yeah. and a half, you know, yeah, six yeah. weeks out on trail running 16 to 19 yeah. hours a day. Yeah. You know, that's one day, 16, 17, 18, 19 hours. We've got a 60 minute podcast. I mean, if we go back to when I said I had my trail legs after 10 days, yeah. Um, the, the crew wanted me to, to go a bit further than I was comfortable with. Um, so I was doing a descent, um, and I, in my mind, wanted to stop a bit earlier. And this is what I was saying. We should have got the strategy in place and yeah. all had a round table and agreed on this. Cause I was in my mind, I wasn't happy with the decision. So I descended like I was running some kind of, um, I mean, I don't know, marathon. I was running downhill. I was just <laughs> yeah, thinking, yeah. yeah, I want to get down there fast. And yeah. then the next day I made it to where I wanted to. It was dark by the time I got there, but I made the distance that day, put another big chunk of miles on the, the lead. I mean, we had 31 miles on Carol at one point. Um, and then the next day coming into uh, Damascus, I started doing a long descent and I could feel um, a, an area of my left quad just didn't feel right. It felt, it just felt warm, warmer than everywhere else. And I knew that I had some kind of quad damage. Yeah. And as I, and it was a long, slow descent and, uh, and it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. So actually, I, f I think it was day 11, I forget, but or whatever it was, I could look again. But um, after I got my trail legs, unfortunately for me, this is where you say luck comes into it. Let's have a look. One, two. Yeah, after nine days, I got my trail legs. And then day 10, I've got a quad injury. You know, oh, I could yeah. do nothing. And I had to walk for two days. You yeah. know, I covered about just under 100 miles in two days. I was really lucky that I had easy terrain. Yeah. Um, and uh, so fast forward to, so that we'd made 12 miles up to that point, up to day 12. Then I'd lost 12 miles in two days. Um, I had two days of hiking, started running again, had two days of running, uh, did two uh, really good days. And then um, I had uh, a, a moment where the through hikers, so I had a, a trail name, Captain Morgan. Okay. Uh, that, that's maniacs um up in uh, maine's fault scott grierson he did a post on the uh, appalachian trail 2022 through hikers facebook page i uh, said yeah captain morgan is going to go for an fkt attempt on the at he's had two no. attempts to put a picture of me so every through hiker i was running past were like go captain go nice. captain morgan I captain oh my captain you know i mean it was sweet <laughs> that's cool so I'd had two days of hiking, two days of jogging. My quad was pretty much healed. And then I was running up this crazy uphill I shouldn't have done. The adrenaline was getting to me. I was really silly. Should yeah. not let that happen. And as I was going up, I felt something pull in my quad in a different area. So it wasn't the same injury. It was something else. And I thought, oh, that didn't feel good. So then I had another two, another day of hiking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I lost, I lost time, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I had two days of hiking, did 47.6 miles, 49.9. So that's 50 mile day hiking. Uh, then after that, I did two running days, 54.6 or 
55.9. And then I pulled my quad and did like just under 50 miles. But the next day I hiked and I did a 53 mile day, you know? So even though they're big numbers, I was still losing miles here and there. So anyway, it's a long answer, but I wanted to give a correct one. Why did I um, say I was done? Because at that point, when I said I was done, we were 30 something miles in the lead, I believe. And no, we were 17 miles in the lead. I'd gradually been losing the miles. So if you add 31 to 12, I mean, I'd totaled 50 something miles in the lead by 75%. I was a day ahead, you know, the injury that I had slowed me down. Um, Then that meant those days I had to become sleep deprived because hiking is not as fast as running. So that escalated. Then we did two crazy 60 mile days back to back, 120 miles on the 18, two days. Yeah. I became sleep deprived. You know, I started an hour later. I started having daytime naps. And then even Carol himself sent me a message and he said he knew that doing those type of days, eventually something was going to happen. And he's right. And uh, I just got to the point where, and Carl Meltzer said this in his podcast on Talk Culture after he finished the, the Southbound record. How painful was it? And it's not physical pain, it's mental pain. Mm. That's what took me down. That's what made me want to stop. It was the mental pain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so gun section says, let's, you know, no, we're we're not done, you know, and and you continue on. When did you realize that you were gonna when did you realize that hey, I can still finish, but I'm not gonna have the FKT? How long what day? I mean, do you do you that that day? That day you knew you knew you weren't gonna you weren't gonna get the FKT. Well, I mean, what was important at that point was like just um, accepting that I was quitting, but I wasn't quitting. So that was a process in itself. So what happened was I got driven to a motel I had a sleep and then I got up. I went to a steak restaurant. Um, I had a big ribeye steak. Uh, I sat down with gun section, had a chat. You know, she said, just have a sleep. You'll feel different tomorrow. Carl Meltzer was all over it. You know, the guy I got to give you know just big thanks to carl because he was constantly you know we were on the phone together those emails he was contacting gun section there was a lot of back and forth and he's been there so he knows it and he just said christian you know if you quit now um well he actually didn't talk about the negative he just said if you carry on you can still shoot for podium position on the 80 you're nice. miles you're days ahead of those guys days yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. um i might have been a couple of miles behind Carol, but i was days ahead of like scott jurek second fastest known time um or even string bean but i'm not going to compare myself with him because he was self-supported yeah. so the northbound supported scott jurek was days behind me and i just said okay let's do it and i went out there um and and, and just jumped back on trail and at that point i deleted um carol sabay's statistics off my spreadsheet yeah and i yeah. said i'm just gonna i'm just, I'm just gonna move forwards on the at and i'm just gonna do what i can do and uh and i did um i did a 43 mile day 43 and a half miles after that day i quit then i was back up to 50 miles that next day and then i had some lower mileage days but i just then knew i was shooting for seconds you know yeah so did 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 it give you a new a new, uh, I don't know, optimism and, and just a relief, just mentally knowing that I don't have to, you know, push as hard and, and, and be okay with that. Did it, did it just kind of, I don't know, did you're a little lighter in the step and enjoying your time a little bit more? 
yeah i mean that was still big days you know yeah I mean, we're still yeah. talking about pretty big days but yeah i think you're right i mean the difference between being the fastest in the world and the second fastest in the world is relaxing you know <laughs> yeah. um yeah so when you're trying to shoot for the, the the to be the fastest person in the world there's pretty much um you I mean, maybe if you get the strategy right, you can enjoy it. Carol was pretty relaxed when he was doing it from yeah. what I saw with my experience. But yeah, yeah I was not relaxed. And, and the re- I think the reason Carol was relaxed because by the halfway point, he's two days ahead of Scott's record. Yeah. 75%, he's three days in. I mean, he could have took two days off and still took a day off the record. That's but for crazy. me, I was yeah. always, you know, I was always like head to head with Carol, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was no relaxing for me. So yeah, you're right. When I knew then I was shooting for second position, um, I just relaxed. And I, I, yeah, I took it easy. I mean, still big days, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I took it easy. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, well, and like I said, like I told you earlier, still uh, amazing performance. You covered a huge, huge ground on very tough terrain. Some of that terrain, I've seen videos, I've seen stuff. I was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. In, in, in 44 days, four hours and 54 minutes, which is, which is an, an amazing accomplishment. You're on the podium for it. But I ha- so I, without taking that away from you, cause it's amazing. Do you, do you think you're going to, do you think you're going to ever go back and try again to, to get the FKT? You know, like I, I, I'm, I almost feel like I'm possessed because since I've stepped, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the same day that I finished and I was coming down from Katahdin, I made a voice note. I've been making voice notes for when I write a book. And uh, one of my notes was like, I just want to come back to the Appalachian Trail. I know I haven't, I know I haven't given it my best. Wow. Yeah. And, and I think, and, and, and for me, if somebody wants to ask, what is your why? Why do I want to go back? Is because I know I haven't reached my potential. Mm, I love you it. know, I, I can do, I, 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 I can, I can do better and I can do more and I didn't do my best. And that's why I want to go back. And that's why I want to go back next year. I mean, you know, like I don't want to really like uh, let too much out, but someone who supported me very closely wants to be a big part of it as well next year in a bigger way. Um, you know, everyone who's been involved so far, um, I, Iceman still pondering. I never even asked him to make a decision. So he's not pondering. I just told him I might go back. Gun section's <laughs> totally up for it. You know, yeah. um, uh, so yeah, like I want to go back. I haven't reached my potential and I'm, I'm just in my mid forties. So yeah, yeah I, I want to go back. I'm uh, yeah. I want to go back, but I want to go Southbound. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do it different. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, kudos because, uh, you know, I got, I got a few years on you. I'm a little bit older, but you know, I love that, that this sport and these FKTs are something that even when we get, you know, into our mid forties and even upper forties, you know, we can still get out there and, and, and do these things, you know, it's, I love it. It's beautiful. You know? Yeah. I think Carl Meltzer set the record when he was 49 years old. Southbound. Yeah. yeah. So, he's, I mean, if I go back freak. next year, he is a freak. <laughs> yeah. If, if I go back next year and I run like um, a day and a half or two days, about, you know, a day and a half slower than I did this year, I'll get the southbound if fastest known time. So, yeah. I mean, I've already, so it's a bit like um, Elliot Kipchoge, you know, he's already run under two hours. Yeah. So, when he goes and runs a marathon, he's like, you know, so yeah, that sounds arrogant. I don't even feel arrogant saying that. So, yeah. I'm, 
<laughs> maybe i shouldn't have said that no it's a mindset thing man i understand, I it's understand. Mindset, man. Yeah, yeah 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 no that's good and so so in the meantime i know you're 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 going to be probably running in other races doing things to, to stay in shape and you also we, you mentioned it a few times uh you coach you're you're, an, yeah. you're you do you do uh, coaching tell me about your your coaching business and uh and that, does that help you in your training when you're coaching others because i know it helps me <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's it's cool. I had one of my clients phone me up today from France. He just video called me and, you know, I took the call. I was sitting down and he said, hey, Christian, you know, when you're hiking uphill, do you let your heel drop um, all the way down to the ground and drive up um, or do you stay on your toes, you know? And um, I, I knew the answer straight away. And that's the beauty about coaching is that I once asked someone a couple of years ago, when you stand up in front of a crowd, because she was a public speaker to two to 300 people at a time, where do you get the confidence from to stand and talk in front of those people? And she said, because I know that I'm an expert in my field. So mm. when my coaching client today asked me, I knew the answer because I've yeah. experienced it so many times. I said, drop your heel into the ground when you can, when you've got that range of motion in your Achilles and drive with your glutes. Think about your glutes. Mm. Don't overextend your knee as well. Just yeah. work from the glutes and, and you know, and, and you'll relax your calves that way. So I felt confident in my answer. And what I like about coaching, I don't know if that was a question, what do I like about it? But no, I mean, what I like example. about working yeah, with my clients is that I think the different, I looked at a lot of coaches out there and they've got these um, packages where it's like unlimited emails and I don't know. But I actually speak to my clients on a weekly basis. Yeah. You know, we have a, a kind of relationship. And that's, I think, what's different about my coaching is that I actually get to speak to my clients. I'm not just doing emails. You know, I speak to them. You know, and yeah. we have conversations. And that's really nice. And like that conversation today, I, I just knew the answer because I am an expert in my field. I mean, yeah. or I'm experienced in my field. You know, I'm not faking it. Yeah. I, I just knew like from my gut, cause I was doing that on the AT. I was like, yeah, I'm driving with my boots, dropping my heel down. Um, that's how it works, you know? Um, so yeah, coaching something I do, uh, because I love trail running. I love to share my experience with others. I used to live in Ethiopia. Um, and, and when I lived in Ethiopia in 2014, um, I was living with Ethiopian professional runners and, uh, I was being, you know, I mean, I got schooled, you know, I got taught how, what running is about. So if I can share all my, you know, two decades of love of running with um, people who want me to help them on their journey, then, you know, I'm all for it. And, and it's cool because they're learning something I'm earning a living. So, you know, we're, we're helping each other, you know? Yeah. No, that's great. And and I, I do some of the same and, and it's, it's, I love being able to help others achieve what they want to achieve, whether it be hundred milers, 50 Ks, marathons, whatever it is, and um, and use my experiences. And so, yeah, man. And when I love when when somebody accomplishes their their goal when they finish their race and they, you know, and and we talk about it afterwards, and you get to you get to be a part of that, man. That's fun, man. Getting, you know, um no, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's hard to sometimes define like uh coach athlete friend and friend i just feel like yeah. i've got a bunch of friends who i talk to it really yeah, yeah, yeah. it really is that you know it's like, oh yeah let's get a coffee going let's let's have a chat you know and 
And yeah, it's, it's fun. It is fun. You know, it's nice. It's not, it's a nice thing. And I feel very privileged with it. Um, but Hey, anyone listening out there, I got some spaces available. So don't hesitate to hit me up on, uh, you know, in an email and, and, and I offer a free 15 minute chat or whatever, if someone wants to chat with me and ask questions, give me nice. a call, you know, or, or sorry, give me an email and I'll call them back. So yeah. nice. And I'll put, I'll put your website. It's, it's Christian with a K Christian And there you have a coaching link on there and I'll, I'll have all that information in the show notes yeah. uh, for yeah. people to get in touch with you. Uh, also your, uh, what's your, what's your Instagram, uh, how else, and how else can they reach you? Yeah. So, uh, my Instagram handle is ultra running coach three okay. words, or if you just type in like Christian Morgan, you know, Instagram, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Cause I'm Christian with a K, but yeah, ultra running coach. So yeah, add those links in there and yeah, you know, go and check out my website. I mean, I've, I've got a podcast as well, uh, which isn't running currently, but I've got Carl Meltzer, you know, I've got Jeff Browning, I've got David Horton, Michael McKnight, you know, I got a lot of names on there, string beans on there, um, nice. Warren Doyle, Andrew Thompson. If anyone wants to study the Appalachian Trail, go to my <laughs> you, podcast. You got all those guys on there, yeah. Yeah, I, I used my podcast as a way to study, uh, you know, the, the, that worked really well as well. Study the, the record holders. That's great, man. Yeah. And that's one of the things, like I told you before we even started recording, I love getting to meet people. I, I learned so much by talking to other people on the podcast that helps me. And so I just get to record it and put it out there. So it's, it's, it's fun, man. It's good. Yeah. 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 No, no doubt. Yeah. So yeah, no. Um, Hey David, man, it's been, it's been pretty awesome. When's your next race? Uh, actually I, I have two on the schedule for before the end of the year, but I'm not sure I'm kind of on a, taking a break right now. Um, just rebuilding my body. And, uh, and so, uh, I don't know, I, I, I have 200 milers scheduled that I, I, I might be doing, uh, if not, I'll be doing some crewing and pacing and, uh, helping some, uh, some, some different runners and friends out, uh, in some mm -hmm. races. So, so we'll see, man, I have some unfinished business on a few races. Uh, but you know, we'll see. I, I don't know time-wise when those things are going to happen. Uh, but I'm in a holding pattern right now. And sometimes you got to take a mental break, uh, to kind of relight that fire. And so yeah, yeah. that's where, that's where I am right now, man. So we'll see. Yeah, but, uh, no, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. But but it's let's smart, do this. Very smart. Yeah, you know, let's. Hey, let's do this, man. When when you when you're gearing up for your other attempt, or I'll throw it out there. If it's up to you, but I would love to do a, a pre, uh, pre FKT attempt interview, and then you go out there and crush it, and then we'll do a post interview, and we'll post them together, and we'll see, you know, what the how what's your plan and then we'll see how the plan came out and we'll put we'll put them both out there together at the same time uh how'd you like to do that man that'd be fun yeah yeah i'll do it i'll come back onto the show it sounds scary it's like <laughs> when it's, it's i think there's this uh saying it's like under over under promise and over deliver so in that first podcast <laughs> yeah. i think i'm going to just be as humble as possible man and just say I don't know. Just talk about what happened during the summer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Here, here's, here's yeah. what we're going. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to talk about like here, Hey, here's cause I've done it before on some of my stuff. Here's my plan. It might all fall apart, but here's, here's what I'm going to try. And then afterwards, if people can learn from my mistakes, I mean, I did one uh, on the Moab 240 where I, where I, I, I DNF'd it and uh, I called it, I did a whole episode on it, crash and burn it at, at, uh, at uh, Moab and shared what went wrong. You know, if somebody else, nice. can learn, somebody else can learn from my mistakes, man, I, I, I'd 
you know, I'll put it out there. I don't care. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go and have a listen to that one. Nice one. Yeah. I'll go and check it out. Check, what check, episode check. is that? Well, uh, I don't even know, man. It's somewhere out there. Uh, you do a I'll search find for it. It's it called Crash and Burn. Yeah. Yeah. Send Crash and Burn at, 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 at the Moab 240. I'll send you the link. I'll yeah. find it. I'll yeah. find it. Yeah. Well, well, Christian, man, it, a pleasure getting to visit with you, man. Uh, I love talking with like-minded, uh, you know, ultra runners and, uh, I'll be following you. And, uh, man, if you've got anything else going on, feel free to reach out and, uh, I will be checking out your podcast too, man. And, uh, it sounds like you had some oh, yeah. great interviews. So, uh, well, uh, man, uh, Hey, thanks for being on and, uh, yeah, you take care out there, man. Yeah. Hey, listen, David, thanks for having me on the show. You, you've been a real energetic and fun person to talk to and, you know, I think you're smart taking a break. And um, yeah, I look forward to uh, hearing about your next races for sure. All right. Sounds good, man. <laughs>